Pastor Ray Bentley explains the purposes of parables, the stories Jesus told to illustrate divine truth. Whenever there are people that are not really listening and they're not really paying attention, the moment you start telling a story, everybody kind of, oh, okay, a story. It's almost like there's a children's part of our hearts that likes to hear a story. You grab their attention, you get your point across, and parables are extremely powerful. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When someone begins to tell a story, the stage curtain opens in our theater of the mind. We automatically begin to imagine what they're telling us. We're created that way. And when the Creator, Jesus, used stories or parables, He tapped into that capacity He created in us. More today from Mark chapter 4. Jesus is going to talk about our hearts tonight, and I look forward to a time of just waiting upon the Lord, worshiping Him, and sitting at His feet. Um, We're going to go through verses 1 through 25. Let's start with uh, verse 1. It says, And again He, Jesus, began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to Him so that He got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. We have seen Jesus so far in the Gospel of Mark do many teachings and miracles, and for the most part, he has been uh, ministering. His headquarters has been in a house in and on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And um, so Jesus has now come to a place where there are many uh, believers. There are many Jewish people who have watched his miracles, who have seen him cast out the devils, who have heard him teach. And as Jewish men and women and boys and girls have become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah and that he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies that had been talked about uh, by the ancient Hebrew prophets. But at the very same time, For a variety of reasons, there are some of the rabbis and some of the religious leaders who are in increasing opposition to Jesus, who believe that he is not the Messiah. And they think that he is a false prophet and he is a deceiver. They do not deny the miracles, but they've begun challenging that he does it from the source of Beelzebub. Be that as it may, there are two groups of Jewish people then, as there are today, two groups of Jewish people, some of whom are convinced and believe, just like all of the disciples were Jewish, Matthew, Mark, and John, uh, that believed in Jesus and followed him and the early disciples. But there are also those who believe that he was not. And they are increasingly uh, coming against him. And Jesus had recently kind of pronounced a form of judgment upon those who had already rejected him. This is still early in his ministry. But it's interesting, there, there comes a certain point that there is a definite change in ministry strategy by the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And all of a sudden, he begins teaching in a new and a different way. He begins teaching, uh, talking about the kingdom and the mystery of the kingdom of God by using parables. Now, when Jesus begins teaching in parables, he has two purposes. Number one, as I mentioned here in your notes, uh, he uses parables to reveal truth to his disciples and to the many other Jewish people who love him, who believe in him, and who trust in him. But there is a second purpose that Jesus begins teaching in parables, and that is so that it will hide truth from those who have rejected him or whatever miracles, whatever teachings they've heard they've rejected, they keep on rejecting him. And so now Jesus, it's like sets up a, a line. He draws a line in the sand. Those who have heard and believed what they have heard so far and have received revelation and light will receive more light and more instruction, more understanding and a greater knowledge of these spiritual truths. But by using parables, it will hide it from those who are no longer listening to learn something or be convinced of something or even to go back and check the scriptures for themselves. They are coming automatically to find fault with him to reject him, to trap him, to find a way to oppose him and get all these people from following after him. So in a sense, Jesus' shift where he begins using parables is both a blessing, but it's also a judgment. A blessing for those who are teachable and a judgment for those whose hearts are hardened. And it's interesting that in this very time, Jesus now is going to begin sharing a parable that deals with the heart, the kind of heart uh, that you and I have when we read the Bible, when we listen to Jesus, and when we study what he has to say to us. It is apparently, as we come to Mark chapter four, on this particular day, as we just read in verse one, he leaves the house. He now, uh, for several reasons, one of which is there are too many people that can't get into the house. So many people following him, such a large, massive crowd that Jesus now decides it's time to leave the house and go out into the open and into the uh, open air. He goes down to the shores of the Sea of Galilee where a large crowd could gather. And by the way, which makes a great kind of an amphitheater uh, sound, one person speaking can be heard amplified off the water and the rising mountains. It's kind of like a natural amphitheater, uh, so he could be heard by hundreds or even thousands of people. But there's so many people crowded onto the beach of Galilee that Jesus actually has to go out and get into a boat and go a little bit out into the water of the Sea of Galilee and then teaching. So I want you to imagine these crowds of people probably hundreds at times thousands of people who are hanging on every word. This is the vast majority of Jewish people who love him, who believe in him, who follow him, who are accepting him. Now, the word parables uh, in Hebrew comes from a root word which means is masha, and it means to teach making comparisons. So that's what a parable is a story or an illustration, generally from life, uh, simple things, practical things, things that everyone knows and can relate to, and then putting right alongside of it, in comparison, a truth or a spiritual revelation, and bringing and putting those two things together. Now that's different from an allegory in the Bible. When uh, Jesus would teach using an allegory, an allegory, every little part of the story 
has some great significance. In a parable, usually there's one main emphasis or one main point that you are to get. So in other words, don't get lost or distracted with all the details, but, but try to simplify. It, it has a very singular, powerful, and practical purpose for us. And parables are extremely powerful. They, they really begin, Jesus would begin by telling stories. How many of you like listening to stories? And we all like listening to stories, right? Whereas Jesus had been doing very direct teaching, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he would just start telling about heaven. He might be talking about the kingdom of God, bringing up the scriptures and the promises from the Old Testament prophets, and, and there were many who just loved that straight teaching. But there were some who were also spiritually dull of hearing, and whenever there are people that are not really listening and they're not really paying attention, the moment you start telling a story, everybody kind of, oh, okay, a story. It's almost like there's a children's part of our hearts that likes to hear a story. And you grab their attention and you're able then in the story to give them a spiritual truth. Now, <laughs> some of these parables that Jesus is teaching and that he is sharing, the main point had, to, had a way of exposing the Pharisees. But it wasn't in a direct way that they could say, hey, stop, or argue with him. While they're listening, they're following a story, and it's not until afterwards that they would realize the point, and they go, hey, I think he was talking about us, and then they might get mad or angry. So it kind of gave him a little bit of, of distance. Uh, it also gave some safety. And it was very wise and practical and something that many of the uh, rabbis and teachers would use. And, and at the same time, sometimes the things that Jesus said literally went right over their heads. So with that as the beginning, and again, he, Jesus, Yeshua, began to teach them by the sea. A great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then, now verse 2. He's going to tell a story. He's going to tell us all a story here tonight. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching this, listen. He goes, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you a story. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Now some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up. It increased and it produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some even a hundredfold. And he said to them, he who has ears, let him hear. That's where everybody would start going, okay, what did he mean? What was the teaching? What is he saying? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages reach so many each day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country and also near to home. Pastor Ray was inspiring and an encourager with a great sense of humor. He was such an anointed servant who will be greatly missed, but he's where he should be with God. 
praying that God is comforting his family and friends. We will see him soon if God doesn't tarry. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years. If you have a message to share, you can email us at ray at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Jesus tells this story. What is the application of this? He's talking to a people that 2,000 years ago along the shores of Galilee, either you were fishermen or maybe you were into agriculture. It was an agrarian society. So even if you were a fisherman, you knew the farmers. And if you were farmers, you would relate to the fishing stories. It was a common world in which they all lived. And everybody knew about uh, that they would go out of their stone houses and they would go into their fields and they would plant their crops and then they would wait for the harvest and be dependent upon the heavens to bring the rain. This is very familiar territory. So Jesus tells all of this, he goes, now if you have ears, hear what I am saying. Well now let's look at Jesus explain it. Look with me beginning in verse 10. It says, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So he tells this story and everybody kind of leaves and goes uh, home maybe and they're talking about it. What do you think he meant and, and what was the meaning of the seed and so forth. And his disciples are there. And then there are those who go, I'm not going home. I'm going to hang out with these disciples and eavesdrop on Jesus' conversation with them. <laughs> so in verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So, you know, they've probably discussed it, come up to their own conclusions and opinions, and what do you think? And, and then, well, here, I think this, or have you thought about that? And finally, they go, well, let's just ask Jesus. That sound like a good idea? Jesus, what do you mean by this? And so in verse 11, and so Jesus said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now, this is Jesus' way of saying 2,000 years ago in a Jewish culture, I'm gonna let you guys in on the secrets of the mysteries of heaven itself. How many of you love mysteries and secrets and especially supernatural secrets? And you're gonna get it from Jesus who's been doing all these miracles. Oh, this is great. This is great stuff. To you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, All things come in parables. And then Jesus quotes the ancient prophet Isaiah, who had so many prophecies about the coming Messiah. And here's what Jesus quotes from Isaiah. So that, quote, Isaiah said, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, here's what's interesting. Isaiah, uh, who lived and prophesied uh, somewhere around 700 years before Jesus was even born, was a mighty prophet of God. Amen? And as he would share with the ancient people of Israel. Now, in the days of Jesus, Isaiah was revered and respected by all, both those who were liberal and those who were conservative. All the Jewish people would acknowledge and recognize Isaiah as a prophet of God at Jesus' time. But 700 years earlier, when Isaiah was actually alive and was prophesying, not everybody was in agreement. 
Not everybody liked what the prophet Isaiah had to say. Not everybody believed him. And there were many who, as it were, put their hands over their ears and said, we don't like the words of the Lord that come from the mouth of Isaiah the prophet. And, and they put their hands over their ears or they rejected it. Or, and so Isaiah, when he wrote this, of course, inspired by the Spirit of God, was prophesying. But he was prophesying to his own people and to his own generation. You are hearing the very words of God and yet you don't understand what you hear. You see the prophet of God prophesying of future things to come, but you don't perceive or understand them. And now Jesus says what happened to Isaiah in his own time is what's happening to me now as the prophet that has been sent by the Father in heaven here. Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear but not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? <laughs> I like that Jesus asked that. He doesn't just go on and say, well, I know you don't understand. He's kind of a little surprised. So you don't understand this parable? And I don't think that he says it. Tone has everything to do with how you say it. Jesus could have said, you don't understand this parable? If you hear it in that tone. Here's how I hear it. I hear Jesus saying it in this tone, smiling with a little twinkle in his eye. So you don't understand this parable? Really? Come on, guys, think about it. I think that he is saying it in that way. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? In other words, this is the foundation. And by the way, this parable that he is now going to give us the secret interpretation to is the foundational parable of everything else. Why? Because it deals with the human heart. It is a parable that deals with the hearts of men and women. As it was in the days of Isaiah, so in the days of Jesus, so it is today in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. The heart is the most important thing to God. How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, your heart has to be right to perceive spiritual things. So he says, the sower sows the word. So the first analogy that he uses is that the seed is the word of God. To have the word of God is powerful. God himself, who is infinite, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, has bound his name, his character, his nature, his holiness, his righteousness, his eternalness to his word. I watch over my word to perform it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning God said, let there be light and there was light. He spoke all things into creation. So the seed is the word and the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside. So he's gonna talk first about, of all about uh, four different kinds of soil. And these four different kinds of soil are four different kinds of hearts upon which the seed falls with four different results. So verse 15, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, physically anyway, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in, or you might say on their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground 
who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So these four kinds of soil, very quickly I want to go through them and very briefly just to look at them. The number one, the seed falls on hard ground or a hard heart. And when the seed goes on top of ground that has been compacted by hundreds or thousands of feet, let alone animals and so forth, it just sits on the top of the ground. It has no chance of sprouting. So what happens? The seed doesn't go into the earth and it doesn't germinate and it certainly doesn't grow and therefore does not produce any fruit. It just sits on the top of the ground and becomes what? Food for the birds of the air. Remember the seed is the word and it is alive and it is able to produce fruit. Then the second kind of soil or the second kind of heart is the shallow heart. This heart is like thin soil, very, very thin of the top soil that's over rock. There are hearts that are like that shallow soil and because there's no depth, whatever is planted, there's nowhere for the roots to go. In fact, there really are no roots and the sun comes and immediately uh, spoils it. But then third, Jesus said there's a third kind of a heart condition. Uh, he likened it unto soil that is crowded, that there is earth there, enough earth for there to be roots and therefore a plant grows, but it's got lots of weeds. He calls it crowded ground or a crowded heart. This is the hearer that hears the word and doesn't just emotionally respond, but says, okay, they kind of swallow it, accept it. But this hearer has too many interests. They have too many different kinds of seeds in their life. You might call them weeds. <laughs> True plants, but then all kinds of weeds. This is a person who wants to walk the broad road, which leads to destruction, and the narrow road, at the same time, trying to play it both ways and on both sides of the fence. And then finally, Jesus leaves us with the good ground. This is the faithful heart. This is the fruitful heart. This is the heart of a genuine believer. How do we know if we or those we love are true believers? And the answer is very simple, according to Jesus, because there is fruit. Good insight from a familiar parable of Jesus today here on Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Glad you're along for our studies in the Gospel of Mark. Now, today's study is titled, All Heart. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it, raybentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.